Welcome to Listen to the Earth, the Gone West show. The brand new Gone West podcast, bringing you interviews with inspiring people on subjects we feel passionate about. From tree planting to community development, reforestation to creative collaboration, carbon capture to social justice, and so, so much more. For every subscriber we get, we plant a native tree alongside our Plant and Protect project partners and communities across the globe. So if you like what you hear, don't forget to sign up using the link in the description to get more content and more native trees in the ground. Today we have with us One Tree Planted's UK and European forest manager, Carl McGrory. One Tree Planted is a not-for-profit organisation whose focus is on global reforestation and who has partnered with Gone West. I caught up with Carl today about the work that One Tree Planted does, planting trees across the world, as well as more philosophically the social and environmental impact of such work and what we can be doing in our personal lives to help. I just want to start things off by asking just to situate the listeners a little bit, if you could tell me a tiny bit about yourself and also about the company that you work with or the charity you work with, One Tree Planted. I'm Carl McGrory and I work for uh, One Tree Planted, who are a global reforestation charity um, based out of America. Um, but we lose count of how many countries we're working in. Um, over the last few years, One Tree Planted has just grown massively um, from planting a few thousand trees when we started through to now hitting around 25 million trees a year we're on now um wow. and growing all all the more um so we're planting i am um, on four continents we're planting i think in uh, 44 countries and counting um and yeah just trying to make it as easy as possible for people to contribute towards getting trees in the ground and taking positive action on on climate change Nice, wonderful. Wow, it's amazing to hear how far the reach of the company goes and how globalised you are. Um, and do you think you could tell me a little bit as well about what brought you initially to working with One Tree Planted? I actually did um, a business degree, um, which wouldn't be the obvious choice for the conservation sector initially. Um, but going back a bit further than that, I suppose growing up, my um, grandmother was always very um, eco-conscious. I'd describe her as like an original hippie. She's just turned um, 80 and she... Um, it's just always been very environmentally conscious and, um, you know, talk, talking to me about those sorts of things. Um, so it's soaked in into me through that. Um, and also sort of my happiest times as a child as well was out um, going for walks with my mum and, and collecting blackberries, foraging and things like that, and then coming home and, and cooking with them. And so, um, you know, learning how to garden with um people in the family my mum in particular um but other people too and I suppose that just sort of soaked into my consciousness so um while I was at university I actually subscribed to a magazine called People and Planet which was um 
all about the different um, opportunities in the conservation sector, the different things going on and, and different job opportunities, vol volunteering opportunities you could do. Um, and, uh, and I also signed up to do a conservation project in Malawi um, during one of the university holidays. So um, I had to fundraise a few thousand pounds and um, went away and did a, an amazing sort of only four weeks conservation project um, where we were just um, going around helping um, to protect the national parks from poaching, working with local um, gamekeepers and, and forest rangers out there, um, and also doing some wildlife sampling um, and contributing towards a sort of um, a research project that was ongoing each year with a, an organization called BioSearch NECA. Um, NECA is the, the um, one of the national parks out there, I believe. It's a long time ago now. Um, so, but anyway, um, after university, I um, went and worked um, on the graduate program um, for BT um, in telecoms. And um, after a few years working in that sort of really professional corporate environment it just wasn't fulfilling for me um and so i suppose i stopped and and thought about what i really really cared about um and that's how i found my way into the conservation sector so initially i um helped run a small sustainability charity that worked all over the uk called um change agents uk um and they specialized in setting up um, different sustainability projects um, with young people with the real focus on um, I suppose the, the charity's mission was um, to enhance public education around sustainability um, but through the vehicle of getting young people involved in it and, and helping to set up those projects so that was great to see all of the different types of sustainability projects going on um, but as I said going back to my <laughs> very young days my childhood being outdoors being hands-on and, and understanding gardening nature um, foraging from the hedgerows and the trees were always really important to me so so fortunately then um found the job with one tree planted and um really learned that valuable lesson that i never ever want to work anywhere else other than the conservation sector again um you know i've got to be doing something to help the environment for the sake of um my own sanity as much as anything yeah i'd always say to anyone when they're looking into um what they want to do with their life or thinking about the next steps to to go with the heart to go with the gut um because your head sometimes makes silly decisions practicalities when really you should just follow your in instincts mm, i think that's so important having job fulfillment you know is is a big part of that feeling that what you're doing is is purposeful and important important from the heart and you talked a lot about um going be working in the conservation sector, being able to sort of really see the impact of of what's happening, and especially with one tree planted trees being planted, um, do you often get to visit projects physically as well? Obviously, not so much over the last um, couple of years, but mm. um, yeah, I am fortunate that in various roles I've been out and about and seen 
all sorts of different projects um, hands-on. So actually, um, I was just down in Devon um, visiting another partner, the Devon Wildlife Trust. We're doing a, a big project with planting over 200,000 trees over a couple of years, a few years. Just went down to see them, see what was going on and took part in one of their volunteer days. And it was only a tiny planting that was happening because that project is actually focused on trees outside of woodlands and working with landowners across Devon. Devon's a huge county, so planting that many trees um, across Devon is, is sort of mainly going to be done in little pockets, repairing hedgerows, working in small copses, trying to join up wildlife corridors and things like that. But to go down and just get your hands dirty to meet all of the local volunteers that are sort of often semi-retired, giving up their time just for the fun of it to come out and plant trees in, in the in the pouring rain on some days, you know, bringing their um, sandwiches and having a cup of tea and a biscuit together. And just it's the most fulfilling day out you can get I think and also the the lady whose land it was she was just a normal householder that actually had a couple of acres like back garden and her house was called Collier's Orchard she said you know when she bought it you know there were no fruit trees or anything you know this place used to have an orchard and over the years you know it obviously been removed and turned into grassy fields that maybe had a couple of sheep grazing on them and she really wanted to help restore the environment so we were planting restoring a hedgerow planting a small copse um, planting a few trees to break up the fields um, and and divide it up to, into smaller sort of spaces with shelter belts and more space for for wildlife and and uh, the lady was also wanting to create a space because she fosters children wanting to create a space where other foster families could come and stay with her and have some time in in nature and experience the wildlife that she has around her so yeah just so yeah. inspiring to go and visit all these these projects and that's just one example yeah absolutely and the big thing there that you just touched on was was the sort of importance of of community and of of the social aspect that is so interwoven with conservation work that we're doing all over the place I know that it's a massive focus for gone west is the social community aspect and I also know a massive focus for one tree planted um and I know that uh that you guys have funded our or funded gone west free trees for Portugal campaign as well um which sounds in a way quite similar to the the Devon project you were talking about because we distribute native trees to small holdings and projects that mean that you really get to to see and meet the communities that are regreening their areas and kind of focus on these, these smaller pockets of land um, and, and have that social inter interwovenness with it. So that, that sounds amazing that she's, she's bringing in her, the foster families into, into that relationship as well um, so that they can benefit. On that note, I wanted to ask about actually the partnership with Gone West in Portugal, why you decided, why we decided particularly in Portugal, why we decided to partner here and and what changes do you see this kind of work that um, One Tree Planted have funded uh, for Free Trees for Portugal campaign? What kind of changes do you see this, this work making in communities out here? 
Yeah, well, I know that Gone West really focuses on creating valuable, meaningful work for people as well as the tree planting. And I think, you know, that was something that really appealed to me personally when I was looking into Gone West when we were starting to talk about the projects and partnering together, as well as that being vitally important. The issues in Portugal, forest fires, encroaching sort of desertification from the coast and the sand dunes, trees playing a vital part in that um, in that area. I know in a few years ago, Portugal had one of its biz- biggest forest fires ever where thousands of hectares were, were burnt in one go. You know, we need to support the communities, the local communities to help restore that land and to do it in a way that is going to protect it from forest fires in the future so that we're making sure that there are trees that are resilient to forest fires but there are also the appropriate fire breaks so gaps in in the forested areas and things that um, will help prevent any issues in the future with with fire spreading but also i think in in portugal one of the really interesting things is, as you say, working as you're working with smallholders and supporting sort of small groups of people from individual families to small communities working together to invest in regenerative ag- agriculture and, and bringing land that's been abandoned by sometimes by the local community, bringing that land into use again and making it productive again and enhancing the the biodiversity and conservation benefits whilst whilst doing that so yeah it's a really really great project i think you know this year we did a hundred thousand trees together in portugal and sorry when i say this year i'm still thinking of the 2021 season oh well into i think the the season's gone until february Yeah, yeah so into into this year yeah yeah in europe it overlaps but um mm. It would be great to to do some more again in the sort of autumn 2022, spring 2023 season. So there's huge demand from one tree planted's perspective in in um, European planting. Um, oh. Whenever we have project, projects in Europe, they get snapped up really quickly. Um, so yeah, we're looking to to grow that further and look forward to working with you more. Yeah, in the years it's to come. Been, it's been really lovely. Um, actually because I'm out in Portugal and I've got to see some of the places and experience of what you've said uh, that joy of actually when projects share with you or when you go and actually join in with projects um, and you're planting trees with them and you're seeing the joy and the benefit of it and it it does give you that massive sense of satisfaction doesn't it Um, a real sense of purpose so that's been that's been really lovely and it's 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 been amazing that 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 could all be funded and that could all be made happen this this year or last year as we said um how do you think then we can engage more people to care about these sustainable practices and more people to pursue jobs in in sustainable sectors um i know you touched earlier upon the fact that you did used to work for a company that that focused on on creating jobs and i know that one tree planted focuses a lot on community involvement um and opportunities as well so yeah, I, do, I don't think the issue is necessarily getting people interested in working in the sector. Um, so f- from my experience, we used to get hundreds of applications um, from 
really highly qualified um, graduates and young people um, looking to try and get into the sector. So the the demand for people to work in the sector was always there. Um, I think the issue is potentially creating more roles that are available for people to do. So, um, and, you know, obviously Gone West doing a fantastic job of that. One Tree Planted are growing fast and and have a, you know, focus on making sure that um, where possible our projects are creating more job opportunities and in, enhancing, um, it, you know, n- not just livelihoods, but, um, you know, things like um, agroforestry or, or um, small holdings and things where we help, um, and as you do too, um, the the partners on the ground to find new sources of income and sustainable um sustainable business through trees um it it's it's um i think that's more of the issue creating the roles and Mm. there's the on the ground stuff that we do is great but we also need to um and everyone in society needs to um add as much pressure as possible to the people at the top the the politicians the big businesses you know to create a more sustainable economy um i know um i know we both met at cop uh, 26 recently and um i think one of the key things there was um that people were discussing how we can try and move away from measuring um gdp gross domestic product to you know the the huge economic measure that governments focus on to measuring something that's more um more rounded more inclusive um that helps um look at ecosystem services and and more truly values nature and and the um benefits that that brings us you know whether that's valuing not um conserving nature and not chopping down the rainforests or you know valuing more more fully the um the planting and the um sustainable agriculture activities that we can try and try and bring so yeah i don't think it's the job um the jobs in terms of getting people interested in the jobs as i said we used to have hundreds and hundreds of really well qualified applications for every project that i've done um when i worked for small sustainability charity change agents and um it it was just actually blew blew me away made me feel very inadequate that i'd come in to the to the sector early with a with a business degree and a bit of conservation experience and knowledge and you had these um you know graduate coming in with masters and phds just trying to get into entry-level um roles so yeah i think the real focus needs to be on creating more roles and creating a sustainable economy going forwards Mm, definitely that's very interesting and it's also interesting that you touched upon on agroforestry because that as an industry if we if we start to shift the way that we produce food into a sustainable perhaps yeah creating food forests um and creating changing the way agriculture works that's a huge part of the job sector that we can open up into in in a sustainable way um and it also makes me think about what we can do with our personal vote as well you know there is obviously lobbying and putting pressure on governments and even other other parties who are in power so you know banks who hold a lot of power or pension funds who 
who have a lot of money and therefore a lot um a lot to do with their vote but also I wonder if you can touch upon any kind of personal practices that that we can do or that maybe you even do in your life um so that we we can live in a on a day-to-day basis in a in a more earth-friendly way yeah I mean personally um I try and live my life consciously to reduce my impact on the environment so um I haven't always been um vegetarian and I'm not fully vegetarian at the moment but um I over the last few years have stopped eating meat almost entirely at home you know and try and um well I've always been into cooking so I try to buy as little processed food as possible and just make simple home-cooked meals and um try and um live you know healthily and sustainably in that way um going back to my granny actually I think you know um the what she does is that she only ever pours um as much water as she needs into the kettle from so literally measuring a cup of water pouring that into the kettle and then boiling just that cup of water each time and although that sounds like a really small thing I think that conscious act that I've just started doing myself again um that that conscious process of thinking about that finite resource that you're the that you're using um be it the water or the electricity um just makes you think about everything that you're doing in your life you know um another thing that i do is i I, i've always tried to work locally um and now fortunately with one tree planted work from home um so i um we have one car as a family and we hardly ever use it to be honest with you you know only at weekends and um and going out on you know holiday and things like that where um both my wife and i work from home or work locally all the time so just trying to shape the way that you live the rest of your life to use as as few resources as possible um you know we've been talking for um a long time in the conservation sector about um three planets worth of resources being used um for you know for one planet's worth of people and we've we've just got to try and change that i mean you're talking about the we were talking just now about the economy and um um jobs and and business practices and things like that i mean you know when when we go into the shops and we see all these plastic bags being used and um you think well you know a long long time ago we used to just use paper bags for everything and we can we need to try and shift those sorts of practices that we're using reusing bags reusing paper bags moving away from using these plastics that are going to run out anyway you know house building um is actually probably one of the industries that have shifted to timber frames for economic reasons now we used to build so much out of concrete and brick and now they're moving to timber frames but we need to we need to be more proactive about things like that and making sure that we're using timber products sustainable products 
you know, bamboo in the right place, as long as it's not an invasive species, can be an amazing sustainable crop that can be used for all sorts of things. You know, I've got a chopping board in my kitchen made out of bamboo. You, you, we can make clothes out of bamboo. We can make all sorts of different things. Um, one one book I'd recommend I actually people go and read is um, a book by a chap called Robert Penn. Um, and it's all about um, all of the different things that he made um, out of one ash tree. Um, so it was a really conscious journey of, of choosing one ash tree and seeing how many different products he could make out of it. And uh, I think that's really, really fascinating to think about. Mm, wow yeah I think I think that is fascinating to think about I think returning also to to these um ways of being that many of our grandparents sort of lived and embodied that waste not want not that you're just looking after you're only using what you need and even though he is the kettle as a funny example there um and it might seem like a small thing actually that changes your entire thinking about everything and if we only use what we need yeah so thank you for that answer that's that's very um very thoughtful and thought-provoking one thing that I know that One Tree Planted have put some focus on this year is into urban forestry and I'd love to know a little bit more about um I'm interested in how urban forestry can can help us kind of address the unequal access that we have to these natural green spaces and also to these this kind of local production urban forestry and urban green spaces are just so important to us you know from sustainable drainage you know we've seen over the last few years and actually the last few weeks you know huge issues with flooding in germany huge issues with flooding in australia you know it's 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 happening um more frequently and more powerfully with um climate change and, and the sort of warmer wetter um warmer wetter winters and flash flooding and extreme weather events you know that trees have the capacity to really help make sure that water goes down into the in, into the deep aquifers and, and away from flash floods. And, and, and so that's just, that's one aspect, but um, also something that One Tree Planted are looking at a lot. Um, we have a urban forestry specialist um, called Tanner, who um, has been showing all um, a brilliant, showing us all a brilliant tool called um, Tree Equity um calculator or score and um basically you know that looks at issues around um deprivation access to nature health and well-being all those types of things so bringing urban planting into to cities um helping you know vertical gardens roof gardens we've um We've got gardens that are growing, um, projects that are growing food on roofs, things like that. And there's so many amazing things that you can do in cities to help bring the, bring the green environment to everyone. And uh, hopefully that will then help them with what we discussed earlier about putting pressure on the government and, um, and businesses to appreciate that, that greenness as well. I was going to ask you as well about how you think we can use technology modern technology in in symbiotic and beneficial ways 
for the earth um, because at times it feels like it's making us more connected than ever. And on the other hand, it can sometimes make us feel very disconnected and a lot less connected to the natural world and outside. So yeah, I wonder if you have any insight into how we can use technologies beneficially or perhaps we don't need them. Perhaps we've got all we need. It's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, we, at One Tree Planted, we have dedicated team members um, that are focused on the technology around um, tree planting and, and monitoring of that tree planting. So, you know, we're using um, satellite imagery, we're using um, drone mapping um, to make sure that um, the work that we're funding on the ground is being done, that the money's getting to the, the right people, that we um, are doing projects that are um, sustainable and going to be there in the long term. Um, and so that's one aspect of technology. As you said, we, you know, we're a global organization um, with global partners like you, and we, we use that technology. Um, um, the, probably the majority of One Tree Planted staff are, are based from home um, and only go into an office when they really need to. So, you know, we're reducing our carbon footprint and, um, and emissions on that basis. Um, and also then going to the wacky end of things, in my opinion, maybe I'm showing my age, you know, we've got um, partners reaching out to us talking about um, um, uh, planting through gaming. So um, um, I'm sure you've heard of Minecraft. Um, I'm not sure if we work with them directly, but there's um, gaming companies that do things like those virtual worlds in Minecraft that are looking at um, opportunities to plant a tree in the virtual world, which is then mirrored with planting a tree with one tree planted in the physical world. So we can potentially use that um, to encourage the next generation of gamers, which is you know one of the biggest industries on the planet, um, to plant a tree in, in the real world while they're gaming. And perhaps it also comes back then to that that feeling of of intention and consciousness with with what we're doing. We can actually use these technologies to connect us in a in an amazing way, even though it feels disconnected. We can bring gaming back to something that's kind of very conscious and is is uh, is. I mean, they say energy goes where attention or attention. Energy goes where attention goes. Energy flows where attention goes. There you go. Um, and and that's absolutely it, isn't it? If we're spending a lot of time gaming and looking at that kind of things, if we're doing conscious things through that, then that's bringing bringing that into our everyday. And what kind? So, do you get to go and plant trees then? Often, have you have you planted trees with your work? I, I wouldn't say often but yeah I've planted a few thousand trees over the years definitely um nice. you know, I've, I've always been um fortunate to get to go to some um planting days and activities you know sometimes with um corporate volunteers sometimes just going and, and visiting sites and things like that um and even in my own time you know um i 
planted a, a community orchard with my local um, Friends of the Earth group many years ago. And and I, I can look out the window. Um, and even though I only have a very small garden, I would say I've got, you know, about 10 or 12 fruit trees in the back garden quite closely spaced I, I may need to thin some in the future or just um prune them quite well but um yeah I, I i think it's interesting actually although um as i said spending a whole day planting trees is hugely rewarding um i'd probably say that just planting a single fruit tree in my own back garden is probably the most rewarding tree to plant because you know to then nurture it every day and and to have the benefits of the fruit and um the joy of the blossom and all that sort of thing the, the joy of seeing my um little boy and girl um pick pick an apple off the tree or a, or a blackberry off the um bush from the back garden and just eating it and enjoying it seeing their face light up is uh, is amazing mm, that's lovely so on that note, what kind of legacy do you think that we can can leave to our children? Um, and how do you think, yeah, tree planting and other sustainable um, conservation practices can support that? <clears throat> I, I think the most important legacy is to um, share these experiences and, and stories with our children so that um that they care about um the planet and um and value nature um i'm um you know i'm working hard in my um career and i think we all are to try and um help the the planet and leave it in a more um on a more sustainable footing and uh, reduce consumption and things like that but um i think potentially the most important thing is to make sure the that we're getting as many of the next generation to do that as well so those that storytelling as i said it's passed down from my grandmother and mother to me and uh, i think the most important thing we can do is share it with with the uh, the children for the next generation mm -hmm. definitely so as we come to a close here i've got some quick fire questions for you so it's something that we do every month on the podcast. So the way it works is that each question that I ask, ask even should be answered just in a word, if that's possible, um, or at least in as few words as possible. So the first question is, how do you feel when you spend time in a forest? Peaceful. I'll say two words, if you can fill in the next word that springs to mind. So nature connection children oh very nice and how are we going to combat climate change how are we going to make the earth a more sustainable place i know we've talked about it but if you if you could sum it up in in one word uh, there's only one answer isn't there to this question it's trees <laughs> Thank you so much for talking to me. Um, as always, it's lovely, lovely to chat and hear your ideas. Um, and I just wondered if there's anything else in particular that you'd like to, to share, any last words of wisdom, um, as it were. I just wanted to say 
um, a huge thanks to you for today, Fiona. It's been really fun, but also to to Gone West for um, the work that you're doing, um, planting trees all over the world as well, you know, and and, and helping um, one tree planter to get trees into the ground. I think, you know, it's a really good, valuable partnership and um, look forward to it spreading throughout Europe and hopefully um, further afield one day. Um, and uh, look forward to coming and, and visiting some of your projects um, in the future, seeing um, the trees on the ground. Um, um, yeah other than that just nothing to say other than let's keep up the good work and try and plant more trees well that's it for today thank you for listening if you would like to check out one tree planted you can find their website at onetreeplanted.org thank you so much for listening and if you have any input we'd love to hear from you Get in touch on our Instagram, at GoneWestagram. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe because you can feel extra good and even plant a tree totally free. <laughs>